0: If you're in any sort of relationship that is more difficult than you believe it should be, visit loveandabuse.com and learn the signs of emotionally abusive behavior. You might be surprised by what you learn. Welcome to the overwhelmed brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. This is Paul Coliani, and I'm here to help you learn to deal with difficult people and tackle life's challenges without compromising who you are. This show consists of my personal opinions and is meant for informational purposes only. Always seek a professional for your mental health and well-being. Hey, look at that. We're under a minute. We started the show, and we're starting the show. <laughs> One minute. Uh, the intros used to be very long. I'm trying to shorten things up a little bit. Glad you are here, and I'm going to get right into what I'm talking about today, and this comes at a time where I was walking around at a uh, food fair in Georgia. I was walking around with my girlfriend, and we were tasting different foods, and um, it was very busy. It was very busy at this place. Lots of people, and uh, we thought we were in the only section, but there was another section with even more people, and when we walked in over there... I started feeling like, um, a little bit of social anxiety. And that's funny because I have a product on social anxiety called the safe system. And, uh, it's over at QuietBegins.com if you're interested in that, but not really here to talk about that. But uh, it's funny because I made that product and I was thinking, I wish I had uh, that product with me right now. Cause it's on MP3 and I can listen to it. But I was wondering where this came from. Why am I feeling socially anxious? And then I asked myself, Am, am I really feeling anxiety right now or do I just not want to be here? <laughs> and uh, it was a little mixture of, mixture of both. I think the anxiety was there was just so many people. And it wasn't that I was uncomfortable around people. I'm not. But when there's so many people, there's a lot of stimuli, a lot of stimulation. And it made me think, well, you know, maybe sometimes... Social anxiety comes along because there's so much stimulation. Like maybe there's uh, sensitivities in us that when we have all this stimulation, we don't know how to to process it. Or if we do, we're just, we're trying to process it in a way that um, makes sense to us. Trying to organize all this information at once. Plus it depends on what your feelings are and what you believe. If you believe there's danger in the world, then when you're in a crowd of people, you might think it's more dangerous because you're not uh, solely focused on one person or a few people. There's just so much to pay attention to and you can't. You can't pay attention to everyone. And so that could be it. It could be because you watched a lot of news. could be a, a number of things because you weren't comfortable around people. And of course, social anxiety, a lot of the times is, hey, they're looking at me. That's usually where social anxiety comes. I'm not really again, talking about social anxiety today, but I wanted to talk about confidence because I received an email on that. And I was at that food fair with my girlfriend, like I was saying, and I think that was kind of the opposite of what I felt confident. And as soon as I was aware of it, as soon as I acknowledged that I was feeling some sort of anxiety or uncomfortableness, it started to go away. And I think it's because most of the time I, I don't feel that way. And so when you have these feelings, I think it's important to acknowledge them as soon as possible. Hey, I'm feeling this. I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling awkward. I'm feeling judged. I'm feeling afraid. Just acknowledge it as if there's an inner voice saying, I'm afraid with an outer voice saying, I hear you. I acknowledge that. I'm validating you. I'm confirming that. I'm with you. And maybe even go further. I I hear you and I got you. I got this. Don't worry. We're going to get through this. We're fine. We're going to get through it because we've made it through this before. And um, we may not like it. We may not like being here, but uh, don't worry about it. I'll take care of this. And so I said that to myself, don't worry about it. This is no big deal. And um, then I wanted to reflect on this. Why am I feeling this way? Uh, First of all, it's been a long time (laughs) since I've been in these kinds of crowds And if you don't visit too many places with too many people, then the sudden onslaught of all the stimuli is going to be, or maybe awkward for you or create anxiety for you. So it's just important to know that uh, if you haven't done something in a while, that it could affect you like that. It's like if you haven't been on a roller coaster since you were a child, it might affect you differently today. I know it does me because I want to vomit. (laughs) I get uh, vertigo and I get uh, nauseous and I don't really like them as much as I used to. There might be one out there that uh, works for me, but I haven't tried too many of them. But you know what I mean. If you're not used to it, if your body's not used to something, if your mind's not used to something and you don't have a lot of exposure to it, then it can feel awkward. So I'm just letting those of you know that feel a little awkward or anxious in social situations That uh, just to acknowledge that, acknowledge it in yourself, that validation can be very helpful and sometimes it can lead to a resolve. It can feel better almost immediately. doesn't always. In fact, uh, anyone that uh, experiences social anxiety will say, no, it doesn't resolve it at all. But it is the first step, in my opinion, just to acknowledge it. I am feeling this and name the feeling. And that way you can have a conversation with yourself, that inner self. In fact, last week's episode is all about the inner self, listening to that critical mind and uh, the personal bodyguard or the inner bodyguard. And when you listen to that voice, it can be very helpful in these situations. Because imagine if somebody was watching over you all the time, I mean in a good way, like they're watching out for you and not, um, not watching every move you make, but they're watching out for you. They are your protector. And when you have a protector with you, You'll feel a lot more confident. You'll feel a lot more comfortable inside yourself. So I'm, I'm going to get right to an email that uh, somebody sent me about confidence. This person wrote, Hey Paul, thank you for the overwhelmed brain. I discovered your podcast during the pandemic. Oh, that's another thing, right? Pandemic comes and we're away from people for a long time. <laughs> so yeah, that's, I, I don't know if I said that already, but the pandemic really changed things. And um, so That's another thing I was remembering during that food fair is that, oh yeah, I haven't been in public for a long time. Now we're getting used to it again. So maybe there's some old stuff in there. And uh, the person continues, I appreciate your dedication to mental health and developing the quality of one's life. You're welcome. I wanted to ask you if you could help point me toward a healthy direction regarding confidence struggles, specifically male confidence. I feel like male confidence is often assumed and expected, but has been a tremendous barrier in building any semblance of romantic relationships, and that has led to a significantly lonely trajectory in my life. Trajectory, that's a hard word. I've tried dating apps and meeting people in person. I'm struggling to find any development, and my attempts to connect with others have left me with this draining realization that I'm not worth anyone's time of day. I'm grateful for the opportunity to be vulnerable with you in this message. Thank you for taking the time to read, and thank you for providing valuable insights on such a truly meaningful subject. All right, Thank you for sharing that. and I'm glad you did. It can be difficult to develop confidence. In fact, it has to do with your upbringing, I'm sure. Uh, some of it. Some of it might be in your DNA, like uh, my one of my parents was socially awkward or not confident, or it could also be the conditioning from your upbringing. You're not good enough. You never will be, you know, things like that. If we're told that, that can really stunt our emotional and intellectual growth. It can stunt our self-esteem and self-worth. And if we grew up in a household that didn't express their love and appreciation for us and let us know when we're doing well and when we need help, if we are not told as children that we are worthy, then we might carry that into our adult life. And so I don't know what happened in your past, but I'm so glad that you shared this because it's time. (laughs) It's time to get past it. It really is. It's time to get past it. I know that's not my answer, but I'm helping you solidify this in your mind. It's time to get past this. One of the simplest methods I've done in my life is just to say, Don't worry, Paul, I've got this. I heard this from a guy a long time ago. He said, you know, before I go on stage, I'm nervous as hell. And so a part of me says, well, don't worry, Charlie. I got this. I got it. I'll take care of this. And it's that um, inner parent I've talked about before, where you parent yourself and say, don't worry, you got this. I'm with you the whole time. I'm right there next to you. I'm with you. I'm going to take care of this. I'll take over if you can't do this. This is easy. You know, this is part of us. This is a part of us that is deciding to take charge, deciding to drive the bus, so to speak. And so when you have that part of you, just like last week, the inner bodyguard steps in and says, "Ah, don't worry. Got it. <laughs> I'll take care of this. I do this sometimes. I do this when I need it. Just like um, when I was at the food fair. Don't worry, Paul. Got it. I got you covered. That helped. It helped right away. I'm not saying that it'll help everyone that ever tries it, but it's worth a shot. It's worth a shot just to express that inside yourself or say it out loud. Eh, don't worry. I got this. It's a different feeling when you say it's a role play. You're role playing a different version of you or um, a protector. You're role playing a protector. And so that can be helpful. So that's just one minor thing. I've got a list of about five things I'm going to suggest to improve your confidence. Now, when you listen to this, I'm really making this generic enough for anyone, but I understand that the person who wrote, they wanted to know more about the male perspective. And as a male, I'm going to give you my perspective as we go, but I'm going to leave this generic enough for everyone. But don't discount anything I say because. It is all valid, and especially if, like me, as a male, and uh, especially trying to gain attention or look attractive to a possible partner, I'm going to tell you a couple stories in here that uh, have to do with that, and I think they're going to be helpful for you, because it it can be scary if you think that you need to hide parts of yourself. We're going to get into that, but um, let me go through this list I created of the steps to gain confidence, and these aren't the only steps. This is definitely not a full list, but these are maybe some steps that you may not have read about or heard about anywhere else, or at least in the way I'm going to talk about it today. So let's get into it right now. First one is own your imperfections. When you have a fear of others finding out who you really are, what that does is amplify your insecurity. If you hide who you are, it makes you act different. People can sense it. It doesn't mean they won't like you, but they'll feel as if something is off. You feel as if something is off when you hide yourself, your true thoughts, your true feelings, when you're hiding what I call your imperfections. The imperfections are usually the, the parts of us that we wish were better, wish were different, wish didn't exist. And so owning those things and being comfortable in your own skin. I mean, this is how we're, how we're building confidence by trying to be comfortable in our own skin. But what are we uncomfortable about? What are you uncomfortable about? And when you just admit that's what you have, that's what you are, that's how you are and own it. Yep. That's me. (laughs) When you own it, then what do you have to hide? Because this is what we do. This is what I've done for a long time. I used to hide my uh, imperfections. I used to hide what I believed were weaknesses. I used to hide what I believed that if people saw those parts of me, they would think less of me. They would not like me or like me less. And they would also not love me. And I want to be loved. They would not include me in groups and friendships and things like that. And so I had all these fears and those fears caused me to hide parts of me from these people because I believed that they found those things out about me. They wouldn't like me anymore, which now I know and I apply that if somebody doesn't like me because of uh, something I do or something I say or how I am or part of my body is weird to them then they're probably not a good friend. They're probably not a good person to have around because they're probably going to be critical of me. They're probably going to be judgmental. I don't want those people in my life. I don't want judgmental, critical people in my life. I want people that um, when I show them something that would embarrass me, you know, myself, like uh, I take off my shirt and I'm not proud of my body and they see it, And if they said, oh my God, put the shirt back on, (laughs) that's probably not a person that I want to have in my life. The tough part is, can we handle that rejection? And I'm going to talk about some other stuff here, but uh, this, what I'm talking about as far as owning your imperfections, this is when you say, yeah, that's me. That's who I am. That's how I've been. Doesn't mean you're not working on it. It just means you're owning. That's who you are. Like if somebody comes up to you and says, oh my God, you're, you're so short or you're so tall or you're so skinny or you're so fat or whatever they say. I mean, that's very judgmental if they say anything like that, but let's just say that you have an insecurity about your body and, um, they say some, say something about it. Why would you want this person in your life? You don't, you don't want people in your life that say these things. I mean, sometimes you can't avoid it. Some of these people are just in your life and you have no choice. But let's just say, I'm just using this as an example. Somebody comes up and says, you're too this. And you already had that insecurity in yourself. So what ends up happening is that it amplifies inside of you. They say, you're too short. And you have an insecurity about your height already. And so somebody says it, which means somebody is noticing it, which means you had trouble hiding it. And if you were trying to hide that, I don't know, you really can't hide your height or hide your, The way you look, some clothes will help. But And then I'm not putting anyone down for being short, tall, skinny, or fat. But what ends up happening is that we might have an insecurity about our own body. And then when somebody notices that insecurity and they say something about it, it's amplified in our own minds. Because now, not only do we hear it inside in our own voice or somebody else's voice, we hear it inside our mind, we also hear it outside and it actually becomes a validation of something that we didn't want or don't want to be true about ourselves. And so what ends up happening is we feel even worse. And how do we get past that? You own it because you're either going to resist it or accept it or ignore it. You could resist it. And resistance leads to internal struggle, internal conflict. When you resist what you see as an imperfection in yourself, You create internal conflict. You create an internal struggle. And that struggle doesn't go away because what ends up happening is that you're looking for confirmation of that uh, imperfection from others. You're hoping you don't get that confirmation. But when you don't own that imperfection and say, yeah, that's me. I mean, in your mind, when you say, yep, that's who I am. That's how I am. And the world's just gonna to have to deal with it. If you don't own that fully, and then somebody comes along and notices that, what you know, what you call an imperfection, then what ends up happening is that internal struggle, that internal conflict is appears. And now what do you do? Because you're probably gonna resist it even more. You're probably gonna be embarrassed or ashamed or feel weird around them because they noticed it. That's why I'm saying that owning your imperfections just takes that away. It just takes that internal struggle away because you're not resisting it. You're saying, yeah, that's who I am. Now, I'm not saying that doesn't take work. I'm not saying that you'll immediately feel good about yourself when somebody says something that you have struggled with accepting about yourself or completely went the opposite direction and didn't want to accept about yourself. No, I can't accept that. Or I want to be better. I can do better. But what ends up happening is. When you don't have these acceptances of your imperfections, when, uh, when you don't own them, you end up being more susceptible to other people's comments and their looks and uh, what, they do in, what they do say and what they don't say. So just be aware of this. Think about something that you're uncomfortable about in yourself and say, yeah, that's who I am. It may not be who you are tomorrow, but that's who I am today. That's how I am today. That's how I'm showing up. That's how my brain works. That's what my body looks like. Take it or leave it. <laughs> this is who I am today. This is how I'm showing up today. This is how my brain works. This is how it is. And if you don't like it, that's that's your problem, not mine. Sorry if you can't handle it, but this is who I am. I'm owning my imperfections. So that's the first step to start this whole confidence building thing. The next step, and these aren't necessarily in order, is to remember that confidence doesn't come from boasting or bragging. It comes from being vulnerable. It's letting people know that you've got nothing to boast or brag about. So if I were to come on the show and say, hey, I've been doing this for 10 years, and uh, I've got tens of thousands of followers, and I have all these um, accolades, and I have all these awards, and I won uh, the speaking award of the year. If I said all of this stuff, weird but if i said all that stuff then would you think i was confident <laughs> i mean maybe maybe you, were, you would think wow he's really confident in himself but i think most people would say this guy's got uh, an overinflated ego and he sounds kind of pretentious and i don't really want to listen to him anymore but uh i would say it with confidence but uh, that's not who i am so that's not what would happen but the idea is that it's not about boasting or bragging or trying to one-up anyone else. It's not about showing people how good you feel about yourself. It's not about uh, telling people how wonderful you are in so many words or how many awards you've won. It's nothing like that. For me, at least this is how I look at it, it comes from being vulnerable. It's letting people know that uh, you've got nothing to boast or brag about, like I said. What does that mean? That means I'll come on the air and say, I was an emotionally abusive person for most of my life. That's something I can say confidently because that's who I was. I own it. I don't like that. I was that person, but I've done everything in my power to make sure I'm never, ever that person again. But that's who I was for several relationships and those people shouldn't have had to suffer, but they did. Because of how I showed up. And so I had to heal. I had to go through my healing. And I'm not afraid to tell you this. I'm not afraid to share this with you. That is a vulnerable thing to share. Because somebody could hear that and say, wow, you're a jerk. I'm not going to listen to you ever again. And I would be okay with that. I wouldn't like it. But I would be okay with it. Because to me, it's about accepting me for who I am today and not about judging me for who I was. And so if they are judging me for who I was, who has the problem? (laughs) Who is the problem here? It's not me because I've moved past this part of myself and healed from that, uh, that person I was and now treat people with kindness and respect and I'm humble And I tell myself, if I have a problem with somebody else, that's my problem, not theirs. It's all about focusing on myself and what I do for myself and honoring myself and being there for myself and loving the people in my my life and also supporting their path to happiness wherever it takes them. And so I've come a long way, I believe. I've come a long way from being the person I was, that emotionally abusive, controlling, manipulative, judgmental very critical person, uh, in the past to who I am today, which is like, Hey, live and let live, <laughs> let everyone be, let them be, uh, who they are. And, uh, that's where I like to be because I don't like the burden of being controlling. And that's what it was it, to me. It was a burden trying to control or manipulate or uh, be hurtful to other people because I was always being triggered by what they did because I was always focused on what they were doing. And so I was very critical and judgmental, like I said, but I'm sharing this with you because it's a vulnerability. It's something that uh, a part of me, it was a part of my life at one time. And there are still parts of me that need improvement. There are still parts of me that need to, that I need to work on. And, um, I do that all the time. I think about it all the time. I, I talk about this stuff all the time and I'm not afraid to come on the air and tell tens of thousands of people maybe hundreds of thousands someday that, uh, this is who I am and, uh, take it or leave it. And I think that's a great way to live. This is who I am. Take it or leave it. So again, confidence co- doesn't come from boasting or bragging how many listeners you have. <laughs> it comes from being vulnerable, letting people know you've got nothing to boast or brag about. And I'm just as fallible and imperfect as everyone else. And if you think you're perfect, then By all means, if you feel great about that, I'm not putting you down for it. But I think it does help to know that you do have imperfections so that when somebody comes along and uh, notices one of your imperfections, then you're not down in the dumps trying to struggle with that because you hadn't addressed it yet. You need to heal from it. All right, so the next step toward confidence uh, is sharing what you want in life. You know, sharing what you want to do. Without trying to please someone else, without worrying about what they say or how they'll feel about you, not saying what you believe you should say to others. A good example of this is when I met my girlfriend online, it was, wow, nine years ago. When we met, it was on a dating app. It was right after I was, my divorce was final. And it was during that time I said, you know what? I'm not ready to date. (laughs) I need to heal my marriage is over. I need to heal. And, um, I just told her, well, I talk about sharing your imperfections. At that time I said, you know what? I just got divorced. Uh, the business I'm running is in the toilet and I'm living with my mom. And so I said to her, because I wanted to be honest. I wanted to, to own my imperfections. I wanted her to know the real me. And I also wanted her to know that I'm not going to date. I'm not ready to date. I'm getting off this dating site and I shouldn't be be here in the first place. I'm sorry to waste your time. And so I said some of this and I said to her that uh, I'm, you know, I'm not looking to date. I just wanted to let you know, but if you still want to talk, that's great, but I'm not here to date. And she sent me a message and said, LOL, <laughs> it's so refreshing that somebody's honest. I thought, what? I thought she would have, she would immediately go away. <laughs> she would immediately say, wow, this guy's a loser. I'm leaving. But it turns out, you know, the right people are going to accept that you have imperfections and they're going to be more trusting. They're going to see the real you. They're going to see that you're not hiding anything, that you're just putting it all out there. I like to call it putting it all on the table. This is who I am. I'm putting everything on the table. This is who I am today. doesn't mean I'll be this person tomorrow, but this is who I am today. I just put it all out there. And she said, LOL, it's so refreshing to talk to somebody that's honest. She appreciated that honesty. And so that shocked me because I really thought she would go away. (laughs) And I wasn't trying to push her away. I just said, you know what? This is who I am. Take it or leave it. And she said, uh, hello. (laughs) She continued the conversation. And like they say, the rest is history. We got along great. And because I was honest from that point on, I had nothing to hide from that point on. I really just literally spilled everything that I was uncomfortable about in myself. And I just put it all out there. This is me. I just put everything out there, put it all on the table. And if you don't like it, then I wish you well and she liked it. She liked who I was. That's how I showed up. So after I told her all this, and we had conversations for like daily for a couple months, and we were only friends. I was even asking her about her dating life. How's it going? But we were still only friends because I was serious. I wasn't going to date. And we were also a thousand miles apart. So we never really physically met at that time. And she said to me one day, it's too bad we're not closer because maybe this could be something. We could at least see if this could be something. You and I could be a thing or whatever. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought we were just friends. And uh, wow, I hadn't considered that. And I don't know if I'm ready for this. And it, we talked about it. We were open about it. And we've, we'd we been open about everything. We'd been open and honest about everything. So this is why I like falling in love slowly, you know build the friendship, be as honest as possible and find out if they want to run away. But if they are sharing and you're sharing, and then um, they're still there, those two people are still connected in some way. This is what happens is that you can build something strong by being vulnerable, by being honest, not with everyone. Some people you don't want to be too honest with because we don't know if they they have your best interest in mind. So just kind of take it slowly. But What I mean when I say sharing what you want in life is telling people what you really want without concern that they may disagree or feel bad about it. And let me just explain that. There was a point where when my girlfriend and I met that she said, it would be great if you could move down here and we could see if there's uh, something between us or at least come down for a while. And I said, you know, I could visit. But um, I don't think I'm going to move. I don't think I'm going to move from where I am. And um, it sounds like you're not going to move because your kid is down there and you don't want to leave your friends and your that place for a long time. So it sounds like this may not work, even though I would like to have seen if it would work. So what I'm trying to say is there was a point where I could have had a relationship with this person, but I said, uh, I don't think I want to move. I don't think I want to leave New Hampshire and go down to Georgia. I don't think I want to do that. I finally uh, figured out that I needed to find myself and discover who I am because I'd always chased my heart and my heart kept me in relationships my whole life and I never really discovered who I am. So I think I'm going to stay here. And I knew when I said that, that it would kill any chance of having a romantic relationship with her because I knew she couldn't move either. And so I literally had the opportunity to move down there. And I said, no, I'm not going to. I'm going to follow my own path. I'm going to follow my own path for once. And so this is what I mean by sharing what you want in life instead of what you think somebody else wants or what you think will be copacetic to other people. Like, what do you really want? And are you willing to risk loss to get it? Are you willing to risk That you might lose somebody special because you're pursuing pursuing what you want in life that doesn't mean you will lose somebody that you care about or that doesn't mean that things won't work out but this part of building confidence is putting your plans out there and saying this is what i want to do in my life knowing that somebody else might not agree with it somebody else might not like it somebody else might be hurt by it but you're putting it out there because that's who you are and that's what you want. Doesn't mean it will work out that way either. Because when I said, I'm not going to move to Georgia because I'm going to see how living in New Hampshire is for a while. When I said that, um, like the very next day after I thought about it it might even been sooner, like the very next hour (laughs) I said, uh, I called her back and I said, you know, I just realized I could move down there. And if I don't like it, I just move back. And so my plan was to not move and I'm steadfast in it. I'm going to stay here. But after thinking about it for a while, I realized, well, what's stopping me from trying it out? If I have the freedom to move there or stay here, why don't I just try it out? And so I moved down and I stayed and I'm still here. And so this worked out. It worked out great. And I'm glad I did because I have, the best relationship of my life. And here we are. But um, it took me standing up for myself and sharing what I wanted in my life. Because when I said that, and this is the magic moment, when I said, you know, I always follow somebody else. You know, I always follow another person. I always follow them. And so this time I'm going to follow myself. I'm going to see where life takes me on my terms by myself. When I said something like that to my girlfriend, she was first disappointed because I wasn't moving down and she wasn't my girlfriend then, but we were, we were already connecting and we were just feeling out what would happen if we got together. But, uh, since we were a thousand miles apart, the only way that would happen is if one of us moved and I was the only one who actually had that opportunity. And, um, when I said no, and I said, I'm going to discover who I am. I'm going to stay up here for a while. She was disappointed and She said, I'm so glad you said that. I mean, this is later when we had a conversation. She said, I'm so glad you said that because it showed me that you were doing things for you and you weren't trying to prove anything to me. You weren't trying to impress me. You weren't trying to show me that um, you weren't your own man. You felt confident enough in yourself to say, this is what I want in my life. And she said, that's exactly who I want in my life. Somebody who isn't afraid to follow their own path. And she said, when you said that, that's when I knew you were the guy. (laughs) Well, it's part of it. She said, that's why I knew you were the guy. Even though we weren't going to be together, but I suddenly had a lot more respect for you. Again, this is one of those weird moments where I said, "I, I don't understand. You had respect for me because I chose not to be with you. She said, I wanted somebody who was comfortable in their own skin And doing what they wanted to do in life and if we ended up together then there are no games you've already said and you've already shown up in a way that tells me that you aren't here to manipulate me or people please me or anything like that and when we got together we realized she's a person following her path I'm a person person following my path and we love to be together and when you find somebody like that And you're not dependent on each other. I mean, there are dependencies, of course, but not so dependent on someone else to decide your own fate, decide what you want in life, decide your own happiness. When you find somebody like that and you share times with somebody like that, you want to be with them more because you're letting them be who they are. This is something I teach over in my Healed Being program. You are letting someone be who they are and that is the greatest gift you can give to someone and so this step about them um, sharing what you want in life not what you believe you should say to others not what you believe they want to hear that shows them the real you you're not hiding who you are you're not telling them what you believe they want to hear you're telling them what you want to say My girlfriend and I were having a conversation today about balance and uh, she has a lot of projects going on and she said, I just got so much going on. I need to focus on one thing and finish that one thing. And so we had a really good conversation on it and she felt a lot better after that. And it made me realize that um, how many people are out there that have so much going on in their life that they need somebody to talk to. And this is why... I'm always encouraging people to talk to someone, talk to a friend, talk to a family member, talk to someone you trust. And sometimes we can talk to the person we love and trust and we still can't get to the heart of the matter. And so it can feel liberating to get someone on your side and help you discover what's going on underneath. That's where BetterHelp comes in. BetterHelp is online therapy. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. And uh, one of the best parts of it is that if the therapist that you're working with isn't quite a good match, you can just choose another one. That's flexible and that's hard to do in traditional therapy. That's why they are definitely not traditional therapy. They can help you through live chat, messaging, speaking over the phone, and even video conferencing. Sometimes it's great to have somebody that's not attached to the situation. If you're having challenges in your life and you're not sure how to cope or deal with them, Go to betterhelp.com forward slash brain. You'll get 10% off your first month using that link. That's betterhelp.com forward slash brain. You'll definitely find more balance with BetterHelp. And this might be a little controversial, but I'm going to say that uh, there's a place in our life that we don't need balance. (laughs) I think it is our air quality. Why would you want a balance of uh, mold and clean air? I don't think that's how it's supposed to work, or at least let's do something about it and this is why air doctor is here and does something about it. in fact let me just share this I love love our air doctor we got it a few weeks ago and my girlfriend said you know my lungs have never felt cleaner I mean she grew up with allergies and she has asthma and for her to say that that's phenomenal and that is my testimony her testimony To Air Doctor. It uses an ultra HEPA filter that's been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested bacteria and viruses and virtually 100% of particles as small as 0.003 microns. You're going to notice the difference. 30% quieter than ordinary air purifiers. Air Doctor comes with a 30 day money back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just pay for shipping and you'll get your money back. This has been one of our favorite additions to the house. We use it in the kitchen sometimes when we're cooking, and it helps tremendously there as well. I highly recommend it. Go to airdoctorpro.com and use the promo code BRAIN, and depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to $300 off. Lock in this special offer by going to airdoctorpro.com, that's A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com, and use the promo code BRAIN. All right, the fourth item in uh, effort to increase confidence, according to me, is, uh, I mean, there's many items to do that, but talk to people as if you knew for a fact that you'd only ever be friends. Now, this really applies more toward romantic relationships and more toward the person who wrote me the original email that started the show, but uh, this person might not have felt confident talking to people that he was attracted to. And in order to get past that, you have to, at least in my opinion, again, envision them as a friend and only a friend and forever will be a friend. So what that will do is take you out of your insecurity about trying to impress and put you in a position of, I can be myself. So I'm no, I'm no longer impressing someone. I'm just being myself. This is it. I mean, that's, that's number four of this list is talk to people as if you knew for a fact that they'd only ever be friends. Yes, it applies mostly to, to romantic relationships, but it can apply to anyone if you'd like. But especially if you are looking for a potential partner, uh, how would you say hi to a friend? You would say, hey, how you doing? If you are trying to impress them, you might say, well, hello. <laughs> and is that you? And if it's you, that's fine. But what I'm saying is that you become your real self when you are not trying to impress or at least you become more authentic because you don't have the insecurity that you may not be liked or you may be rejected. And that is a fear. A lot of people have this fear. I used to have this fear a long time for most of my life. My fear of rejection, and especially my fear of being alone or Um, being abandoned, abandonment. And um, when you have those fears, they tend to drive your behaviors. I don't want to lose them. I don't want to be alone. And when that happens, your confidence is going to go down, the way you feel about yourself, your self-worth, your self-esteem, how you approach anyone changes when you have a strong fear that you might not get what you want or they may do something that feels like an attack on your security. It's probably a bad way to put it, but you know what I mean. If you feel insecure about something and you compensate for that insecurity, you're more likely to show up as not very confident in yourself and definitely insecure. And so insecurity can cause you to do behaviors that will probably make you appear not as you really are. If you feel insecure about something, you're more likely not going to show up as authentic. And if you don't show up as authentic, people feel it. They sense it. There's something going on with you. What, what, what's going on? They may not know it even consciously. It might be something in the back of their head like, yeah, is this person hiding something? Or there's just something different about them? And I'm not saying everyone knows this. I'm not saying that everyone even responds to this. I've met people where I've said, is there something going on with them? But I never said, well, I don't want to talk to them until I know the real them. That wasn't what I did. I didn't have these preconceived notions or judgments that immediately eliminated them from my life. You know, I, I didn't do that. But there's always that feeling. There's always that thought when you meet someone that might not be showing up as authentic as they could be. I mean, some of us don't really pay attention to that. It's true. I mean, I know people that They're just, they, they accept everyone for how they show up and that's fine. That's fine. And then there are people that observe everything and notice things. And uh, especially if they've been in say bad relationships before, they're highly observant. And so the less authentic you show up with somebody who's highly observant, the more they're going to see it. And I don't say that to give you any more anxiety or anything like that. I say it because as soon as you get comfortable being yourself, what ends up happening is a weeding out process and weeding out is a very good thing. Don't see it as a bad thing. It is a very good thing. And what I mean is you're going to meet people that get to know the real you, you you just feed them the real you slowly or over time. And um, as they get to know the real you, they're going to make a choice if they want to continue knowing or getting to know the real you. And this is hard because it will, run up against your fears of abandonment and rejection. If you have those, it will run up against those fears that um, might still be in there or might have been left over from fear of being alone or fear uh, that your parents aren't going to love you enough. There might be other fears in there. And this is why some people don't want to fall in love slowly. They want to get to the good parts. But uh, what ends up happening is you bypass all the, What do I say? Uh, Challenging. You're challenging your possible needs or insecurities inside of you. And if you challenge those, it's a scary thing to do sometimes because what you're doing is saying, uh, let's test my insecurity and make sure that this person isn't going to show up the way that I hope they don't show up. (laughs) If you understand what I just said. But the idea is to kind of get that out of the way. Let's get this out of the way. I have a fear of abandonment. Let's get this out of the way. Uh, I'm going to test that fear or challenge that fear by telling them the truth. That's it. You know, I mean, not the whole truth and nothing but the truth. You, you want to, like I said, kind of drip feed this along and get to know them. But what I'm saying is that you're just more authentic. You don't make stuff up, you don't try to over impress. If you're not the type of person that dresses in a suit and tie or a dress or whatever, if you don't like to dress up and then uh, the very first time and the very second time that you see them, you're well-dressed and you're not going someplace that really requires well-dress, are you trying too hard? Some people are going, you're supposed to dress up on your dates. Yes, I agree. (laughs) You should at least dress nice. (laughs) You should at least dress nicely. Uh, But not all dates uh, require that. So you dress up comfortable if that's you. If you do like dressing to impress and that's you, by all means. But what I'm trying to convey, and maybe that was a bad example, but I want to make sure that you feel comfortable, you feel safe and secure inside your own skin, being yourself and showing up as the person you are. Because when it, what ends up happening is if you show up as somebody else, guess how tiring it is to continue being that person. When I told my girlfriend when we first met that I was broke, <laughs> I was living with my mom after a divorce that I was still feeling and I was still healing from, um, that was really putting it all on the table. This is who I am. If you reject this, If you reject this stuff that I'm just putting out there, that's okay. I accept that and I wish you well. But if she accepts it and she says, well, that's great. You're honest and let's talk some more. Then that tells me that she's an open, kind and supportive person and she's not judgmental. She's not putting me down. She's somebody that might be special in my life because she accepted me at uh, what I might consider some of my worst times. And so I look back at that and realize, wow, she was so accepting of the time I felt like the biggest loser on the planet. (laughs) And uh, I just put it out there and she loved it because I was honest. So that's, I already told that story, but you understand what I'm saying. I just put it out there. I wanted to challenge my insecurities, my insecurity of uh, being alone or fear of abandonment way back then, it, was, it wasn't as as strong as it used to be. But I was still concerned, like she might just reject me, fear of rejection. And um, I challenged it. I was like, oh, let's just see if she's going to reject me. And it wasn't like uh, I'm going to test you and then call you out on it. It was more for myself. And so that's what I did. And it, it does take some courage to do that because you could absolutely now uh, let's just say fail the challenge. You could absolutely put it out there and then you get rejected, which I did a couple times with other people on the uh, online dating site. I, I felt that rejection. People disappear. They ghost you. And that is the exposing of uh uh maybe old stuff that we need to deal with. It, it exposes what we need to work on. And when we feel that and cuz not everyone's going to be the perfect person. Not everyone's going to be the perfect match. Not everyone is going to fit our criteria and they're, uh, they're going to have criteria too. And we may not fit theirs, but don't take it personal. I mean, it's easy to say and it's hard to do sometimes, but it's true. If I put 20 people in front of you, you're going to reject maybe half of them or more. Maybe you'll re- reject 19. Maybe you'll reject all 20, but because you have criteria, And if you were one of those 20 people and somebody rejected all 20 people, including yourself, you just don't fit their criteria. We all have criteria. So it is difficult not to take it personally, especially when you've said hi to someone and you're getting to know someone, but not everyone is a match and we just have to be okay with that. And the more you find people that aren't your match, the closer you are to your match. And that sounds hokey, but it's true <laughs> because you're weeding them out. You're weeding out the people that aren't right for you and better to find out sooner than later. So that's the number four. And if you treat somebody as a friend and you know that as a friend, it well, isn't going to go anywhere and that's okay. And you wish them well, you know, you have a first date, for example. And you say, well, I hope you have a good one. If you want to go out again, let me know. Or I'll call you if you'd like. Or if you're okay and you don't want to call, that's great too. I mean, it is awkward when you have a date and yet you decide at the end, are we going to call each other or stuff like that. There's There are some awkward moments, but the goal is to treat them as if they'll always be a friend so that you can be yourself. What would you share if you knew that you would never make this person a potential partner and they would na- never make you a potential partner? what would you share? How, how would you express yourself? Who would you be? It's so much easier to be yourself. Number five, the last one, I think the biggest obstacle to confidence, you know, this is how we grow confidence so far. I think the biggest obstacle to growing confidence is the choice we make not to fail. That's it. We don't want to fail. We hold back on our true potential simply because of the fear of failure just like I was talking about the fear of abandonment, the fear of rejection. And the trick to getting past that is to accept that failure can and will happen. In order to do that, we have to figure out our real fears. We have to drill down into the the, the fear deep inside of us and figure out why we're afraid. Why are you afraid? Why are you afraid of uh, being abandoned? Why are you afraid of... Being alone? Why are you you afraid of rejection? Why are you afraid of losing your job? Why are you afraid of having no money? Why are you afraid of XYZ? It goes on and on and on. But this is what happens when we don't have enough confidence in ourselves to do something. If we can understand that the biggest obstacle to confidence is the choice we make not to fail, and then we decide that failure is okay, failure is an option then what happens is you don't fear that anymore because failure is part of the process. Now that sounds simplified. Yes, I've made it simplified, but what we need to do, this is where it gets deeper and more complex. I believe what we need to do is dive into the fear. So take um, fear of abandonment or fear of actually fear of rejection. That would be easier for me to deal with right now. Fear of rejection. Why do I fear rejection? And I, i think back to who i used to be why do i fear rejection if um i ask somebody out and they say no what does that do to me so that's a, like one of the first types of questions you might ask yourself you, you address the fear if it happens what does it do to me well if i get rejected it makes me feel like they don't like me okay so let's just we come up with an answer let's dive into that well if somebody doesn't like me, what does that do to me? If somebody doesn't like me, it, it makes me feel like I can't be in a relationship. Or if they don't like me, then I'm just not likable. Yeesh, that's a, a bigger world problem for me. That's like a bigger zooming out and seeing my life as a whole. Like I'm not likable. So I really made it bigger than it probably is. Well, I know I made it bigger because only one person at this time, at this point in the example here, at least has said, um, no, Hey, will you go out on a date with me? No, I don't want to (laughs) no reason. Just no. And so now I have this problem like, Oh, I'm not liked. They don't like me. They must find me unattractive and I'll start making up stories. But I think it's important to question all the stories we make up if they find me unattractive. What does that do to me? Well, uh, if they find me unattractive, it makes me feel like I I won't be attractive to anyone. Again, I zoom out, make it a bigger problem. I I expand it, I explode it into something that it's not. But this is what we do when we have all this negative inner dialogue. Uh, If they find me unattractive and I'm not attractive, that means that somebody else will reject me too and I'm not lovable. There's another one. I'm drilling down into the deeper layers, going underneath, going underneath. All right, let's just say that you're not lovable. One of my favorite questions is, how is that a problem? How is that a problem? Everyone wants to feel loved. Everyone wants to feel like they belong. I'm not asking everyone. I'm asking you. How is it a problem for you? Well, if I'm not lovable and I'm not loved, that means I'm alone. And uh, if I'm alone, how is that a problem? <laughs> that would be my next question. How is it a problem if I'm alone? If I'm alone, wow, I've got no help in this world. And um, I, I feel like I'm not worth anything. Oh, there's a worth issue that comes up. And I'm kind of doing this in real time. But these are all the drill down questions that I like to ask myself. And I actually talk about this in an article I wrote called Stupid Questions That Lead to Healing. If you go to overwhelmedbrain.com, you'll see all these drill down questions that help you get to the heart of triggers and fears and insecurities. And they drill down and they keep going beneath each layer. They keep going further and further down until you get to a, a, a point where it's very hard to answer. Like uh, you have no idea what's under that, but you keep going. You keep going until you get to that point. And uh, sometimes you can go even further because if I said, well, If I'm alone in this world and I'm unloved and I don't feel worthy, how is not feeling worthy a problem? Then now I'm getting to a point where, well, I want to feel worthy. You know, we get to a point where we tell ourselves what we want. I want to feel worthy. Why? Why do you want to feel worthy? And so this will be unique to you. This will be your own exploration. I've done this. (laughs) I've done this many times with many thoughts and feelings. I've done it with jealousy. I've done it with uh fear of abandonment, fear of rejection, fear of being alone. Um, why am I so judgmental when I was judgmental? Why am I so critical? Why do I want to hurt someone else? And I drilled down into all these, uh, feelings and thoughts that I had. And when I drilled down, I was discovering things that I didn't realize were in there. And, um, When you get to that, the heart of the matter, the the origin of the fear, or at least as close as you can get, you might want to ask yourself, well, when's the first time I felt this way? When's the first time I felt unloved? When's the first time I felt unworthy? When's the first time I realized that uh, being alone kind of (laughs) sucks or being alone is painful? And when you get to that question, you're going to discover probably a little bit more about yourself. And there's a lot more and a lot more depth I could go into here and it gets really involving, but I wanted to get you started on that because what can be helpful is to find the origin or as close as you can get. So it loosens the grip on what you believe your your fears are or your dysfunctions are or your triggers, your emotional triggers are. It loosens that grip so that you're not so reliant and have um, an excuse. Sorry, no offense, but this is what we can do. We can have an excuse for our behaviors and how we feel and why we make decisions. And uh, we don't, we're not always conscious of that reason, but we'll come up with a reason or excuse that um, protects us in a way where we say, well, nobody wants to feel unloved. And, And yes, that's probably true. A lot of people don't want to feel unloved. But um, that is sort of like an escape. Like I'm not going to address it because uh, nobody wants to feel that. And you don't want to escape. You don't want to get away from that deep dive that you need to do or you might want to do. You want to dive into it and figure it out. Why do I feel this way? And so that gets, like I said, deeper and deeper. And you can go to that article and check it out and it'll help you through it. I've asked a lot more questions, a lot more drill down questions and that'll help you get to the source. And if you don't find the source, don't worry about that either. Because as you dive deeper and deeper, you're loosening the grip of the stories that we or that you tell yourself. And that can be a huge help in freeing yourself and becoming more confident because um, failure is going to happen. This is where it comes back to. The biggest obstacle to confidence is the choice we make not to fail. Failure happens. For example, uh, I have a big birthmark on my body. I mean, this isn't about me, but let's just say I have a big birthmark on my body and taking my shirt off at the pool is something I never do because I don't want anybody to comment on it. I don't want anybody to look at it. And so I might think that if somebody sees it, that's a failure. And so my fear of that failure is going to prevent me from feeling confident taking my shirt off at the pool. And so uh, that will control my life. Those kinds of fears of failure or fears of doing things that uh, I believe I should feel confident about, but I don't, that's going to control my life. And I don't want that to control your life. So um, I hope this helps. (laughs) I could talk about this on and on, but I have to end the show sometime. And this is where we're going. We're going to end the show. I'm going to thank you for listening to another episode of the Overwhelmed Brain uh, those are my thoughts for today, and I want to thank the patrons of the week, Anna, Paige, Mary, Daisy, and Stephen. Names I know well. Thank you for your support of the show. I am grateful for you. If you value the show like these patrons do, head over to moretob.com, and there's a way to give back. I appreciate you patrons. Very grateful. And if you haven't heard my other podcast on how to deal with difficult relationships, it's about control and manipulation and emotional abuse. Head over to loveandabuse.com. And if you know you're the difficult one in the relationship, head over to healedbeing.com. And finally, thanks to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in the overwhelmed brain. And just my final words, somebody wrote and said, "Um, I like this show. Sounds like my therapist. (laughs) Very calm and collected. Thank you, Patrice. (laughs) She said that in a review. I appreciate that. Someone else wrote, uh, Tristel wrote this, my favorite podcast. I've been listening to these podcasts for just over a year now. Updated review here. Okay. Let's, what is this? Paul is such an incredible man. Oh boy. Um, I'm not going to read this whole thing because it sounds self aggrandizing, but, uh, she said she's gone through a lot. She's rebuilt and strengthened relationships. She's, uh, gotten a job that pays more and she used to be closed off and now she's open and she's owning her issues and she's paid off debt. She goes on and on and on. And wow, uh, I'm again, I'm not going to read it because it's just way too aggrandizing for me. And I don't want to appear that way. I just wanted to thank you on the air. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I'm so happy to hear that you're in a better place in life. And I guarantee you, it's what you did, not what I did. If I said something that helped you along the way, all right, I'll take credit for a little bit, but you did all this work. You did the work and that's what it takes. It takes the huge steps. Sometimes the brave steps, the courageous steps, they changed jobs. I mean, what was that like? They might've felt stuck in their job and felt like they couldn't go anywhere, but decided to take a chance, take a risk, quit and do something else. And I'm, I don't give that advice. (laughs) I did it myself because I hated the job I was in. And so I said, I'm, I got to leave this. Even though I'm broke, I got to leave this because I don't want to be in this prison. Those were my words back then, but that's what I did. So This person took the steps and sometimes that's what you got to do to change things. You got to take the big steps to make the big changes. So thank you so much, Tristel, for sharing that. And thank you, everyone that has uh, written to the show and reviewed the show. I appreciate all of you. Very grateful. Always keep your mind open and step into your power so that you can be firm in your decisions and actions and that will help you create the life you want. Always take steps to grow and evolve. You are powerful beyond measure. And above all, and this is something I absolutely know to be true about you, you are amazing.